Good evening, everyone. Thank you for coming. We're discussing that Vaikuntha is also part of the Lord's Swarup, his spiritual energy. And what we're finding here, the, uh, the commentator on that has compiled the version of the Sandarbhas that we're studying is uh, Sachinarayan Das Babaji. And he's taking considerable time and energy, especially in his commentary, to bring home this point regarding there's no fall from the spiritual world. He has a little history in this regard, personally. Uh, he was tasked by Srila Prabhupada's BBT to um, study the Sandarvas of Jiva Goswami and, and help present them to the membership of uh, my spiritual master's movement. And of course in his studies he came to the right conclusion that no one falls from the Vaikuntha planet. Now, for some reason or another, and we're told generally that we may not always be able to understand the motives of the spiritual master uh, with our, from our limited perspective. Of course, as the devotee goes on and makes more progress, uh, they can understand more and more of, of what the spiritual master's trying to accomplish. And I mean, it's, it's quite a task. You know, to extract one from the material world. So in speaking to his young disciples, my spiritual master is Divine Grace A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Srila Prabhupada, um, often, often told them to encourage them, and in my humble opinion, um, to also conform to a a method of viewing um, the Lord and his transcendental abode, which was more in sync with the Christian viewpoint that Adam and Eve were in a Garden of Eden and Eden would be the spiritual world and they tasted of the forbidden fruit of material enjoyment and down they came. So, he would tell his young disciples in letters and private conversations uh, that yes, you were with Krishna, now just go on, keep doing what you're doing and you can return to Krishna. But what we find interesting is in his books, he seldom says it that way. In his books, especially in the section of the Srimad Bhagavatam where Yudhisthira Maharaj says he can't understand how Jaya and Vijaya could leave Vaikuntha and come to the material world. And in that section of the Bhagavatam, in his commentary, Prabhupada says emphatically, it is a fact, it is a fact, that's his exact words, no one falls from Vaikuntha. So, 
in looking at the way Srila Prabhupada presented Krishna consciousness to the Western world, he did the needful. And I've actually talked, although myself I've never felt this way regarding the subject, but I never was a really uh, religious person growing up. I wouldn't come from a religious family. I had no family, so there was no question of religion. And the people that raised me didn't, and I don't even know if they knew there was a God or accepted that there was a God. Um, and my mother, before she passed on, you know, she she and God had a little bit of a fight over the my death of my father, so she never went to church after that. It was It was an interesting situation for me, so it never bothered me, but I've actually talked with my contemporaries, my god brothers and my god sisters, who are Prabhupada disciples, who have said quite frankly to me that if Prabhupada had not presented it that way to them in the early years of their devotional life, they would not have been able to reconcile in their consciousness the fact that, well, you've been in the material world forever that we've been here since time immemorial and we can't trace out a beginning, what kind of a God would do that to his parts and parcels? But as we mature in our understanding of, of spiritual life, we can understand that it's there's never it's there's never not an opportunity to end one's material existence. The Lord's coming again and again. Yada yadahi dharmasya glanir bhavati bharata. He's giving us unlimited opportunities, and sometime or other we'll take advantage of them. And we just haven't up to this point, and now we have that opportunity again under good guidance, and hopefully we can we can stick to the program and and, and push through. But even if not, there's no loss or diminution. We see that. We see people come to this practice, come to Krishna consciousness, and understand philosophically that this this is the solution to all the problems of material existence and to actually come into contact with my real self. But they're not quite there yet. That's okay, too, because any little service rendered is to our eternal benefit and we encourage them not to go away and there's something key to that the key to not going away is despite all we just continue to listen we stay in association we continue to listen when the gong gets rough just sit down and listen but you don't have to have it doesn't have to be a complete break. If you can't do anything, you can hear. Hearing doesn't take much effort on our part, just to sit and listen attentively. Well, even inattentively, just to sit and be with the devotees and hear. That's, that's all that's required. The rough periods may come and go, but that in and of itself, the association and just hearing about Krishna, hearing from Krishna's devotees is going to be greatly beneficial to our advancement. Eventually, 
all misconceptions are cast asunder. So this misconception is cast asunder in a particularly profound way by the by the translator because he has a personal he had this personal history where he was kicked away this was after Prabhupada had left he was kicked away from the movement uh, because he presented the Siddhanta of Jiva Goswami correctly to his god brothers and they refused to accept it because they didn't understand that evidence, praman, has to be intellectually looked at. And not all praman is on the same level. And Prabhupada himself made it perfectly clear. I don't want to go on and on about this, but uh, I want to get it out, then you know it, then we can push through these anuchedas. Prabhupada was clear at different times he said different things and you will find many times that he spoke in contradiction to himself. We should look upon those things in, in light of the, of the fact that he was pushing this Krishna consciousness movement into a new culture. Well, not one culture. How many cultures throughout the world? He was pushing it into a new culture and he was trying everything he could to get people to stay and take advantage of this this great boon that Lord Chaitanya has given human society in this age of Kali. It's an extraordinary boon. Golo Care, Pray Madonna, the the premier love of Goloka is coming through Sri Shaitanya Mahaprabhu in this disciplic succession. We think it's extraordinary. Uh, so, he did say many contradictory things. And he would write one thing to one devotee and then write something else to another devotee. Now, when I write you a letter, generally that letter is between yourself and myself. And especially from a teacher's viewpoint, I'm writing based on your... I know. I know where you're at. And I can write in such a way to encourage you. And it's okay if I, if I hold something back as a teacher at this point in your education and present it in a way that's more appealing to you in your situation. There's nothing wrong with that from the teacher's viewpoint. The problem is, Prabhupada came to Western civilization at the dawning of the quote-quote information age. And every uh, the dawning of this age was, was extraordinary. Every single word that he uttered was recorded with a tape recorder, practically. Every letter that he wrote was shared with everyone. Every private conversation he had was noted down in someone's personal journal and shared either properly or improperly according to someone else's perspective. 
So therefore, contradictions. And at a certain point, even in this movement, Prabhupada said, because there used to be a thing, Prabhupada said, in other words, if I needed to defeat you or if I needed you to worst the pots, I would simply come up with a with a with a good well Prapa said, you know, you should surrender and just do whatever your authorities tell you. You know. And Prapa said this and that, and that's right. He you know, he said these things under different circumstances to different people. But at a certain point he could see it become it had become a little out of control in his movement. And he finally said at one point, he said, because somebody said, well, Prabhupada said, you said, Prabhupada. He said, Prabhupada said, Prabhupada said. Everything's in my books. In other words, you have to, you have to see there's certain levels of evidence and everything that's significant is being presented properly in my books. And these other things, Prabhupada said, Prabhupada said, everything's in the books. Just take that as the primary evidence and you'll have no problem. You'll have no difficulties. So if in going through these next few adochetas you notice a little bit of a, of a, a tone from Sachin Arayan Das, you have to understand, he also had a great love for Prabhupada. He was his disciple. and But he was also, he's, if you, you can see by his work in the Jiva Institute, and he himself is now a guru, and he's, uh, he's a great, uh, he's a great spiritual personality. He's doing a great service for the Vaishnav community in putting all this into English so expertly. He is a true scholar of of that class as Jiva Goswami. Not that he's at that level, but he's he he can argue all the different arguments. He's been fully schooled in all the different schools of thought of India, and his his commentaries are just simply uh, amazing. We're we're very blessed to be able to take advantage of them. So he's a little long-winded and he goes into some pretty thick arguments in order to establish this fact. No one falls from Vaikuntha. And this is the place in the Sandarbhas that Jiva Goswami deals with the subject. Now you could say, as a student, does it really matter? Does it really matter if I fully understand all these various points of tattva. How much does it matter? And I'll give you one little example that I that was brought out here. So Nriga. You all know Nriga. There's a pastime of Nriga from the tenth canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam. And uh, the pastime happened uh Outside of Dwarka, uh, all Krishna's young boys, Krishna had a lot of kids. He had 16,108 wives. And being God, from each one of those wives came ten sons. They had millions of school teachers just to, just to teach all those students. 
So some of his sons were out one day playing around the palace, and they came to a well, and the well was dry, and down in the well there was a lizard. Being young boys, well, let's get the lizard out, you know. But they couldn't get, get him out, and they wanted to see the lizard. And they went to their father, Krishna, and said, can you come and get the lizard out of the well? Krishna came, you know, being a doting father that he is, sure kids, whatever you want, came to the well and reached down in and touched the lizard and to take came he brought him out of the well and he was a king. Because just by being touched, the curse that had been laid upon him was immediately eradicated. So Let's try to get Krishna to touch our head if we can. How to get cursed? Well, he was a great believer in the Karmakanda section of the Veda, in that if you do good and you follow what the Brahmins say in human society, you'll be benefited. He was also a bhakta, but he was. A bhakta mishra. His bhakti was mixed with following scriptural injunctions. And the scriptural injunctions he followed is he, he liked to give in charity because he knew if he gave in charity, he was going to get back. I, I don't know the formulas, but it's pretty amazing. If you give in charity to a Brahmin, you get back a thousand times or ten thousand times more you know so he used to give thousands of cows away he was a very opulent king suppose it must have been and one day he gave a cow to one brahmin and the cow went back in the cow shed after it had been given away went back in the herd of the king and then the, another brahmin came along and the king gave another big batch of I don't know, 10,000 cows, I think. and uh, But that cow, he'd already been given to one Brahmin, and then the cow had wandered back and had been given now to a second Brahmin, and the first Brahmin said, that cow's my cow, and the second cow Brahmin said, no, he gave it to me, and you can't, you know, the first Brahmin said, well, you can't give a cow, you can't, you know, you can't Indian give, and they're going to say, oh, come on, please, gentlemen. I'll give both of you ten times the amount of cows I just gave you. Just be be happy. No. So they were a little, you know, headstrong about it and wanting to follow the the, the rule of law, you know, the letter of the law and not the spirit of the law. Sometimes that's what happens in when religiosity over overcomes, uh, you know, our spiritual. Side of things. We want to be great spiritualists, but the religion is just the is the uh, detail. It's not the principle. To make a long story short, Riga got cursed, and his curse was he became a lizard in a well for so many years at the hands of one of these Brahmins who was discontent with him. There's a real deep point to this. 
Nriga had more faith in the religious Shastric injunctions of giving and charity that he had in the process of bhakta. He knew of Krishna, he knew of the Supreme Lord, he knew of worship of the Supreme Lord, and surrender to the Supreme Lord. But in his mind, even though you could worship Krishna and Krishna could give you everything in return, you know, in a heartbeat, really, though, you got to follow the Veda. You got to follow the injunctions. You got to, you got to give in charity to get back in 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 piety. If you don't give in charity, what piety can come back to you? And you worship God, but his worship of God was secondary to his following of scriptural injunction for benefit. So. We don't. There's a reason we chant. Lord Chaitanya gave us this. I have no desire to accumulate wealth. Don't want any number of. I don't want to enjoy women. I don't want any number of followers. You know, I, I just want to serve you unconditionally. Unconditionally, it's not. It's difficult to come to that mentality to actually do that, but if that's our objective then in due course of time, we can, we can acquire it. It's not that we should become frustrated and say, well, I, you know, I'm worshiping Krishna and I'm not getting charity, but over here's this guy who's given money to the church and he's becoming a millionaire. Well, what do you want? Do you want Krishna or do you want a billion dollars? Krishna's got all the, all the, all the wealth in existence. So if you know him, you have that wealth as much as he'll give you all of it. He would empty all of his bank accounts to make his devotee happy. That's Krishna. That's that's the level of love Krishna has. He gives his very self to his devotees. Nriga saw that when he was touched. He saw that when you know, he experienced that directly when Krishna because he did worship a little bit a little bit of worship saved him from a curse and saved him from the well and saved him from the lizard's body and all the charity that he'd given hadn't hadn't done that so he had a little bit of a misconception there he put more faith in the details than in the principle we do want to become very, very kind-hearted. We do want to give in charity, to, especially to the Brahmins who have dedicated their life to the upliftment of humanity. Um, but over and above everything, we want to become Krishna's friend and lover, and, and we want to surrender to him unconditionally. So these misconceptions do matter. Having a misconception regarding the nature of the transcendental world and the fact that there's no coming back from there, it does matter because then we have then we then we all of a sudden it's like well what's what value is there in going to Vaikuntha if it's just like the heavenly planets and I can fall down again? It has what's then we start looking upon 
the spiritual world is equivalent to the material world. It's, it has faults. There's a fault there. If you can fall from it, it's, it has some material fault. And do you, that means that the Lord of that place must also have some fault. He must be intinged by material atmosphere, material somehow or other. So then we start not fully, deeply, comprehensively understanding the difference between matter and spirit. Because now, all of a sudden, this conception that you can fall from the transcendental realm uh, becomes, we start thinking about that in the wrong way. We start thinking about Baikuntha in the wrong way. And the, you know, the whole process, the whole philosophy, just by some little misconception. Now, misconceptions are going to come and go again and again in our spiritual practice. But we're we're students forever, and when we when it's pointed out to us that that's a misconception, then we we look at it. We consult the spiritual master. We consult advanced devotees. We consult consult the scripture. I mean, we're in this for the long haul. I hope. So if we're in it for the long haul, if it takes a lifetime to to dissipate, you know, a couple dozen misconceptions, that. There, there's no loss or diminution in that. And having once dissipated that misconception, it's not going to interfere with our spiritual progress again. It's not going to come back up. That's not the nature of devotional service. That's not the nature of a footing in Sambandagyan. As you start to assimilate a full and comprehensive understanding of the inner relationship between the Lord and his energies and ourselves, that's never lost. There's no loss or diminution, Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita. Thus, it is important to study Jiva Goswami Sandarbhas and to understand how much is there in the Bhagavatam and how much of how much benefit that's going to be to our to our spiritual progress and I really appreciate that you're coming and hearing this it's it's a great blessing upon me thank you so Sridhar Swami comments Sridhar Swami this is the Sridhar Swami who is the agent commentator on uh, the Bhagavatam <coughs> that uh, was so appreciated by Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Brahma further distinguishes the Vaikuntha world. Tat Sankula means abounding with them. With what? With the airships of the devotees, which have become available to them simply by offering obeisances to Sri Hari's lotus feet, and not by means such as dualistic or result-oriented action. So what Sridhar Swami is bringing out here is that all we've gone through this commentary and he's bringing out Sridhar Swami's conclusion. And his conclusion is based on the fact that for the devotee, all of this Varnashram Dharma, all of this concern with going to Jnana Loka, 
Mahaloka, Tapaloka, Satyaloka. All of these concerns about Swarga, Boo, Ombor, Bhuva, Swa, all these different levels of consciousness and awareness of the Supreme, all of that, it doesn't hold any significance in entrance into the transcendental realm. The transcendental realm can be easily acquired simply by surrendering to the lotus feet of the Supreme. Well, that surrender takes some work. I quote a verse here about that in a minute. But still, compared to Brian, you know, maintaining, uh, you know, what's required to go to, you know, to get out of the material world, it's, you know, it's, it's quite a different approach. And Krishna speaks of his approach in the Bhagavad Gita. It's sweet from beginning to end. We may not see it sweet until we acquire a little bit of taste, but it's sweet from beginning to end. Everlastingly and joyfully performed is what he says in the 10th chapter, doesn't he? Mm -hmm. uh, Rajavidya Rajaguyam Pavitram Idam Uttamam this knowledge is the king of education, the most secret of all secrets. It's the purest knowledge. And because it gives direct perception of the self by realization, it is everlasting and it is joyfully performed. Everlasting and joyfully performed. So, Sri Krishna also confirms, this is Jiva again, Sri Krishna also confirms that the eternal abode is attainable only through his shelter and not through dualistic effort. So in other words, dualistic effort is this Varnashram system. This is a dualistic approach. If I do this, I'll get this result. The devotees, I don't care what the result is. My only doing is to try to develop an appreciation for Krishna, a love for the Lord. If he and I can become best buddies, I'm set for eternity. You know, or if I can become his lover, if I can if I can actually enter into a relationship with the Supreme or a friend of the Supreme, what do, more do I have to worry about? In Bhagavad Gita in the series of verses beginning with, the Supreme Lord resides in the hearts of all being, 1861, which is followed by, O Bharat, take shelter of him alone with the totality of your being and awareness. By his grace, you will attain supreme peace and the eternal abode. So we made it to the commentary section of the discussion. Vaikuntha uh, is a manifestation of Sudha-sattva, and we know the difference between Sudha-sattva and sattva, Rajas and Tamas. There is sattva in the material realm, but all these three modes of nature, Tamas, ignorance, Rajas, passion, sattva, goodness, are mixed 
within the material world. There's always a little touch of ignorance and passion even in the goodness of this world. And there's even a little goodness in the most ignorant in this world. So in this world, these modes of material nature are mixed. And the, you know, the needles go up and down <laughs> in the different modes of material nature and how they have an influence upon us. But there is pure goodness in the material world, sudasattva. And that's based on non-dual being free from the gunas of nature. And Vaikuntha is a manifestation of that Sudasattva. Anucheta 10, in the same Bhagavat Sandarbha, also states that this pure sattva, or non-dual being, is not just material sattva emptied, emptied of any tinge of passion and ignorance, but is Bhagavan's own internal potency. So it's not like you can clean the mode of goodness, sattva, the material mode of goodness, clean it all up and it'll become spiritual goodness. That's not going to happen. Sudasattva, as spoken of in the scripture, is Krishna's own energy, his pure energy, not his external material energy at all. It's, it's his, the pure and it's of his very own nature. And the Vaikuntha atmosphere is constituted of that sattva, sudasattva. So the nine characteristics of Vaikuntha. I'm going to go through these again and then you're going to see these anuchetas unwind and explain these more and more deeply. So the first one, which is this one, has been very sweet because what's it made clear? It's made clear that dualistic action, even Vedic dualistic action, the adherence to the principles of Varnashram Dharma is not going to gain, you're not going to gain entrance into the spiritual realm from that. Well, someone may argue, as they will do, and say, well, we can see that the renunciant, the sannyas, the brahmacharis, the jnanis, they gain entrance into these highest of material planets, even above, you know, the, the heavenly realm. So this jnana-loka, maha-loka, tapa-loka, satya-loka, they gain entrance there. And it's said in the scriptures that when the universe winds up, those that have made it all the way to Satyaloka, they go back to Vaikuntha with Brahma. They're relieved. What's the key there? What distinguishes them? They've exited the world of dualism to attain those higher realms. And what do they do in those higher realms? It's Satyaloka. They're with Brahma. They're, they're, they are with the, the, the greatest devotees. So it's not that they're in the higher realms and because they're in the higher realms they gain entrance to the spiritual realm. It's because of Sadhu Sangha. That's, that's what affords them 
the opportunity to leave with Brahma. He becomes endeared to the, his associates and they're all talking about Krishna continually. That's all they do there. And as they continue to discuss Krishna, they become completely freed of their subtle bodies. They've attained all the cities. They're the greatest yogis in the universes. No one can, you know... <laughs> I mean, they're up there talking about Krishna's pastimes and their forms are changing as they're discussing the pastimes. We hear about that from uh, Brihat Bhagavatamrita, Sanatan Goswami. Gopakumar, he's going to these higher places and they, they're talking about Krishna's doing this and doing that, different incarnations. And the the siddhas there, these perfected yogas, are discussing these pastimes and changing forms. That's how much they're wrapped up in the Krishna Katha, the Hari Katha. That they're they can they can they can adapt themselves and experience it almost firsthand. So that's the first anucheta. It is not attainable by dualistic action, or in other words, by result-oriented action of any kind. The second, it is beyond the visible or manifested cosmos, can't see the Vaikuntha's atmosphere when you look out at night in the evening sky. You're not going to be able to. Oh, there's, you know, there's <coughs> Vaikuntha planet. You're not going to be able to perceive it with your material senses, mind and senses. The residents are infallible. Only a person permanently established in freedom from the gunas of material nature can attain it. It is the seed of unalloyed being, free from the gunas. It is transcendental to material nature. It is eternal. It is attainable only through bhakti or unalloyed devotion, which belittles the bliss of liberation. In other words, the residents there don't really, for the most part, they've come to a level where they're not desirous of liberation. They're actually just desirous of being with Krishna by that, to enter that atmosphere. Because Atmananda, Brahmananda, compared to Krishna Bhakti is it's just insignificant. Um, how insignificant? Yeah, completely. <laughs> it's like the Water in the print of a calf as opposed to oceans of, of water. You can't really, they're not in the same league at all. You can't take a bath in the print. It's not even really much there to satisfy your thirst. It's, it's, it is attainable only through bhakti or unalloyed devotion, which belittles the bliss of liberation. Since that bliss, is no more than the absence of dualistic action. And the ninth item, it is by nature eternal, full of consciousness and bliss, Satchitananda Rupatvam. So Jivas Goswami is going to provide evidence of all nine of these characteristics of the transcendental atmosphere in uh, the next 12 Anuchedas, this one included, so 11 after this. 
uh, beginning with this one. That is to say that it cannot be attained by any method other than non-dual devotion. And that's accomplished by immediately, immediate and direct centering of awareness in the non-dual complete whole facilitated through the agency of his own internal potency. This is important because we will look to devotional activity and we say, well, my gosh, for non-dual action, I sure am engaged in a lot of duality in the name of devotional service. I mean, I'm sleeping and I have to wake up early in the morning. Well, one point I'm just blissfully sleeping, the next moment it, you know, the alarm's going off, I have to get up. I have to get up, I have to wake the deities up, I have to serve the deities some little sweet meat, I have to, you know, I have to, I'm engaged in doing things in the world of duality in the name of devotional service all the time. I'm whacking weeds. I'm trying to keep cars running. <laughs> does it does it ever end? It seems like I'm doing nothing but fighting the world of duality just to get some little service done. So where I don't understand how this statement could be here, facilitated through the agency of his own internal potency, is the key. We're actually engaged in transcendental activities. We're taking them as material, as dualistic actions, as doing one thing and not doing another. Oh, here I am. I'm, I'm doing this and I'm not doing that. I'm listening to a class. I'm not watching TV. So that's, that's spiritual, they say. They say, but who's they? They is somebody that's in connection with that transcendental atmosphere. The guru's saying, I'd rather you go to class than, you know, go and watch uh, whatever you watch, you know. Uh, the Price is Right, or Wheel of Fortune, or <laughs> some reality show, or you could hope to make a million dollars for... It seems like duality of rejecting one thing and accepting another. And the guru's directing that. But that whole process, the whole the whole program of devotional activity is it's a descending process. It's coming through the guru. He's teaching us how to use our senses in the service of the Lord. At a certain point there'll be no dualism. At a certain point, you will never even go to sleep. It won't be like, well, I've got to get up and do this in the morning. I can't sleep. I'm so excited about hearing more and more about Krishna, about chanting his name and worshiping the deity. I can't stop for a minute. It's explained that the Goswamis of Vrindavan, they, did, they hardly ate or slept at all. They had no taste for it. No taste. All they wanted to taste was the sweetness of more and more service. More hearing, more chanting, more studying, more writing, more helping devotees, more caring for, for human society, more looking on every living entity as equal to myself. 
that's all that they their life became fully immersed in devotional activity then they're no longer in the spiritual world then they no longer have a material body there's material means what material means misuse if all of the use of the body and we hear even some some special devotees they go back to the spiritual world in their in their self same body luckily those stories are generally the the, the younger devotees who are just finishing <laughs> thank Krishna for that <laughs> but Krishna can make an old body young in a, in a, uh, with a touch of a conch shell or uh, you know the smell of his lotus flower so facilitated through the agency of his own internal potency material actions produce material effects Those in sattva goon gradually in the material realm go up to the higher planetary systems. Those in Rajagoon remain here in this middle region, the area of karma. Those in Tamagoon, uh, well, they stay in Tamagoon. They go down. Unfortunately, they can become so wrapped up, even if they make it to a human form, we have the capacity, material nature facilitates it, to completely give up our humanity. I don't know about you, but I myself probably have given up my humanity a few times with this being of seeing others people. And there, but the, for the grace of God, I mean, you can so much give up your humanity that you lose it physically. And you no longer have a human body. And instead of becoming the consumer of mistreated animals, you become the mistreated animal. It's a very unfortunate situation. So that's the lower, lower atmosphere of ignorance. Uh, and let's just leave it at that. <laughs> uh, and we're the only, this particular Muvaloka, this is where there is karma. Up in the heavenly planets, you're simply, you're simply living in the penthouse and you generally are just waiting for your money to run out. It takes a long time though, so, you know. So some people were attracted to heaven. You live there in one body tens of thousands of years. You know, it's uh, it's quite a quite an enjoyable place. From what's said in the scriptures, it's very festive there. Always musical. Always beautiful women and beautiful men. Unlimited, unlimited, unlimited enjoyment and awareness of Krishna also. Otherwise, we talked about those subterranean heaven plant, heavenly planets. There, there's also all those things, but there's no there's no thought of Krishna, so they they have no recognition of Vishnu. I think I'll end with uh, a verse. This is presented in the Chaitanya Charitamrita. Uh, 
uh, is originally, I forget which Purana it's from, but this, uh, we'll conclude with this verse because this speaks of the mentality of the Bhakta and the mentality of surrender that will keep us in the fire of devotion and afford us an opportunity to have the right perspective regarding devotional activity. Because we talked a little tonight about how even the smallest misconception can gradually grow and, and negatively affect our spiritual life. The verse goes like this, Anukuyasya Sankalpa Pratikuyasya Varjanam Raksisya Titi Visvaso Gotrip Ve Varanam Tata Atmanikseipa Karpanye Sadvida Saranagati. First speaks of the six items of surrender, Saranagati. So I'm sure you know what those are. The first one is we always accept everything that's favorable for our devotional life. For our devotional life, for our devotional life. It's not institutional dogma it's what's going to help me advance in spiritual my spiritual life and we reject those things that aren't going to be beneficial to devotional life as much as we can within our limitations which have to be realistic expectations of what we can do because of our circumstance and we consult with spiritual teachers and the guru and we we we're, we can easily navigate what appears to be a minefield of do I or don't I or should I or shouldn't I or what's good or what's bad or how do I and you know in this circumstance why am I thinking anyway we take good association accepting everything that's favorable rejecting everything that's unfavorable seeing the Lord as my protector seeing the Lord as my Benefactor, everything that I have is coming from him. So, um, Krishna is protecting me. Krishna is providing for me. Uh, he's my guardian. He's my master. He really cares. He really cares. He says he cares. And we're like, well, does he really care? Well, yes, he does really care. Just know he does. Well, I don't see it. I don't feel it well, maybe you're not looking deep enough. Maybe you need to just sit down and, 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 and chant and you'll see that he is on the other end. And he does care. And, and as you go through life, you'll see, well, boy, I thought he was my real enemy at this stage in my life. You know, he did this, and only to come years later and say, wow, he saved me from that one. He really did save me. Why was I so angry? Why did I not see the writing on the wall then? But I can see it now. Hindsight is perfect twenty twenty vision, they say. So we need to we need to know that we are surrendering to him. He is on the other side and he is aware of it. Atmanikseipa, that's complete self surrender. It means there's there's nothing else. It's a very high standard. But there's only Krishna in my life. And we have to remain humble. Always be humble and kind.
Any questions? Thank you so much for your association.